Welcome back to The Bleeding Truth. My name's Sally McNally. I'm the Irish midwife. And I'm Bridget, Sally's daughter. This episode, I love it because it reminds us about how powerful we women are. And we got to discuss some of the challenges of natural labor and the importance of physical and mental strength during pregnancy, labor, and postpartum. We had the pleasure of talking to a very powerful woman. She's the owner of a gym here in California, in Ventura, and she's also the head trainer there. And we are here with yet another very powerful woman we'd like to introduce to you today, Helia Glenn. Helia is the owner of the gym here in Ventura that's called The Studio. And uh, she's also one of my own patients. She's my friend. She's a goddess warrior, a natural birther, and uh, she's really interesting. So welcome, Helia. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is, I just love conversations with you two. I've been listening (laughs) so much. I love the podcast. Thank you. So how about, um, let's let our listeners get to know you a little bit more and me because you know my mom, but I don't, I don't know you yet either. So what is your story when it comes to fitness and how that connects to natural labor for you? Oh my gosh. So if you ask my mom, she'll say I was the biggest wimp when I was a kid. Like (laughs) I was the kid who was not athletic, who when I skinned my knees, I would sit on my grandma's like kitchen floor, just like with my legs straight unable to move because if I moved, it would hurt. Like that was me to a T. And so my mom was actually in both of my births um, with me and I didn't use any medication. And she still like is so amazed and shocked that I didn't do it with medication. But I think since I was a little girl, I've changed tremendously. And I think at some point the gym kind of happened. We moved to Ventura about 10 years ago now. And uh, my husband and I moved here from San Luis Obispo. We met at Cal Poly and we moved here. We didn't know anyone. We didn't really, we had really only been in Ventura one time. And within six months, we landed our house. Like we bought our house. And it was incredible because it was very serendipitous. And then the gym was also kind of like that. It was, it was a very serendipitous thing that happened. There was an opportunity my husband encouraged me to take it. I took it. It was nine years ago. So the gym's been around for nine years and I still didn't know anyone when I started the business. And I feel like in Ventura, people are really great at supporting locals, but sometimes we're not as open to non-locals. It's natural, right? Like you Mm -hmm. support locals because you know them, you are aware of them. If there's a new person in town, you don't necessarily know them. So you don't necessarily go and support their business because you don't know they exist. You know, it's not, it's not a bad or like, it's not an intentional thing that happens, but it took a long time to build the business because I didn't know anybody. And I was figuring out the type of trainer that I was because I was Mm -hmm. totally new. And you know, when an opportunity comes and it almost is too soon. Yeah. That's kind of how the gym started. But after a while, I feel like I really got my bearings. I really understood, you know, what I wanted, who I wanted to be as a trainer and who I wanted Mm -hmm. to portray. And my demographic is usually is mostly women. Um, Men are starting to realize that, like, this is fun. This is cool. This is badass. I'm going to get in there, too. Um, 
so it's been great just like watching everybody grow. I've seen hundreds of women, hundreds of men now too, change their lives. Um, that's kind of what's kept me in the business for nine years. And I love that. So yeah, it, it changed me do completely. Mind, do you mind if I ask like, what kind of fitness do you like have in the, in the gym sure. in particular? Yeah. So the gym, so the studio, um, the studio is a place of practice. Um, we've had everything from yoga to strength training to almost CrossFit to, but ultimately what we landed on was three pillars. It was mobility, strength, and intensity. And we teach those three pillars in a number of ways, including circuit training, including HIT training. There's programs, uh, that we follow. It's not just willy nilly. Um, but there's been a ton of different, you know, there's been so much growth throughout that mm-hmm. right now we teach strength, intensity, and mobility, and that's our focus. It's great. I was an athlete all through, you know, school and then college as well as a competitive swimmer mm-hmm. and tried out so many different gyms, you know, over those times. And it's so hard yeah. to find one that like is is really well structured to like yeah. what you need. So I, yeah, it's, it's really cool to hear, you know, about different gyms and how they're structured and what you guys do. It's really cool. With the crazy fitness. You you train people that it's a lifestyle, right? Yeah. Right. Not a trend. And I love that. So that's a huge deal for me. Um, There's fitness trends every week. There's new things popping up, trying to sell you that, if you do the X, Y, and Z, you're going to get into the best shape of your life. If you do this, you're going to lose 50 pounds. And ultimately what it comes down to is consistency and um, being committed to yourself, right? Like building strength mm-hmm. because you want to be a stronger, healthier person as you age. That's yeah. my philosophy. So Absolutely. teaching people how to take care of themselves has all, has become my my stick, you know, like yeah. the it's, how it's I good train. for everything. It's good for yes. your mental health. It's good for, you know, just all aspects of health as well. Yeah. But just, you know, feeling good and positive and confident. I feel like if you have that as part of your lifestyle, everything else goes better as well. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, yeah. And and mental health is, is something that we're finally talking about, you know, just like we're yeah. talking about pelvic floors. You know, it's these these topics are kind of new and I've always been one to explore these topics with my with the people that come into the gym, I've always been one to talk about it and also to have workshops and open conversations about um, the things that might be embarrassing, like pelvic floor stuff. We're actually holding a pelvic floor uh, wow. workshop this weekend. Yay. So, yeah, great, fabulous. Wow. What is okay? I'm not really familiar with public floor. What is no what is pel- pelvic for? floor? Oh, pelvic floor. floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's like, what is a public floor? floor? (laughs) That's funny. Because public floor might be something else. (laughs) We were talking about (laughs) we were talking about public floor before this though. Oh, that's funny. I should have known. That's funny. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page now. (laughs) It's like that's new. That's new. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. of course, um, if you're making this like a lifestyle, then it pours into other areas of your life, like labor, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know yes. during uh, when I was getting to know you during your pregnancy, there wasn't any 
other plan other than natural birth. There was like no mm-hmm. talk of like, if I can't do it, it was like always, of course I can do it. And I yeah. think that if you're able to bring that to your training, um, teaching people, I think it's wonderful, you know, and I'm well, sure you're really you taught me trainer. that, Sally. <laughs> that was you. I mean, like we went to your, you know, first baby. It was scary. Uh, I've only heard. I mean, I literally I remember as a, as a young adult, I'd be like, I don't want to get pregnant because I don't want to give birth. That was mm. my I don't want to get pregnant because I don't want to give birth. And then I married someone that was like, I want two kids. And I'm like, well, I do too. But like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. So, you know, it, it we had to make scary. it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then when I met Sally, so kind of funny because I, I was trying to remember when I first met you. I can't remember if I took a yoga class first or if I took your birthing classes first. But I remember hearing from multiple people, you have to take this class from um, Sally McNally. And I was like, wait, what's her name? And I remember specifically because everybody gives me a hard time about my name. So whenever I hear someone else with an interesting name, I'm like, I need to be their friend. So, um, and I said, Oh, she's Irish. That makes perfect sense. I love it. I need to meet her. So when I took your class, you structured your yoga class as it was, um, going through contractions. And I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, if this is the case, like, this is interval training, I can do this. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I can do this. And then we took your classes, and you're so good about, you know, um, explaining all forms of birth, right? Explaining all of your options and never putting your own bias into it. And I, and I love that. But also saying, like, hey, your body is strong and powerful and so capable so I trusted you, which was silly, right? But you no, know, I trusted you. And after my first birth, you happened to be in the hospital that first day. Yeah. And I, I remember calling you in there and saying, yeah. Sally, Sally, I did it. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah. It and it was so, so exciting. Yes. Isn't it a beautiful feeling for a woman when she she had this like longing, I want to try natural birth. And she she manages to do the whole birth without uh, taking pain medication something something happens in her mind right she's like I, i'm strong i'm, I'm i mean a, a lion. maybe it's the hormones but like i don't know i feel like i feel like it's my my greatest accomplishment you Absolutely. know and it's Be- yeah. so powerful it is and wow. it's so powerful to resist asking for medication to get over that part of the mind. That- it's empowering. Yeah. Yes. When you're there, even yeah. my dad was like, wait, so like, why are you doing this? Why can't you just get the epidural? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I remember thinking about mm-hmm. it at that moment when I was, by the way, it was fine until eight centimeters. And I know you told me that, but like eight centimeters came and I was like, wait, I changed my mind. I've made a mistake. Yeah. And then Kevin, and then they, she does such a great job because she even coaches the, the husbands, maybe a little too well because like, because Kevin took his sweet time taking me to the yeah, hospital. Right, right. He was like writing a letter and I said, honey, what are we doing? Like I need, we need to go to the hospital. He's like, it's fine. Like Sally told me to wait. I really need to get in. It was like eight in the morning. Anyway. He's funny. I love him. He's hilarious, but also like I kind of wanted to kill him at that moment. And um, 
So I don't know if you remember, but I had prodromal labor even with with both of my yeah. uh, babies. Do you do you want to explain what that is, or should I explain what that is? Prodromal labor is like a, a labor that takes a long time to kick in. That she can be in this early labor part for like days, two days, three days, oh. where the service uh, is weeks. like weeks. weeks. <laughs> two weeks yes oh man yes contraction after contraction and no change in the cervix Uh, wow and you know a lot of women they come to the hospital thinking i'm in labor but the cervix doesn't open so therefore it's not thought of as real labor it's thought of as prodromal labor and she gets sent home some women come back a few times and end up having morphine or morphine and ambien. Yeah. Uh, and they get sent home. Yeah. It's, it's rough. It's very it's rough. It's rough. Yes. And and when you're uncomfortable, I was 10 days late with Hayden, my first. And 10 days is just, whew, you are yeah. so full. And yes. you're just like, I need to get this thing out. This house needs to be evicted. Like there's so much. And you start to get, even, even if you have the most perfect Yes. pregnancy towards the end you're like get it out you know like i have not i have yet to talk to somebody that is like oh yeah it was great like you know towards <laughs> the end i was having a great time you know for me because i was like out like it's time yeah um because you just become so miserable and then you have, you know, with your first baby, you, have, you don't know what you're looking for, or like what you're, lo- you know, mm. what it's supposed to feel like, or Sally gives you lots of hints, you know, in classes and stuff of what labor is supposed to feel like. But then when you're actually pregnant and you're just waiting, um, and then you have these contractions that you've heard about Braxton Hicks, yeah. where it's like the belly gets hard and tight, like that's a muscle on top of the belly. Mm-hmm. Braxton Hicks are normal like you have them kind of early on but padromal literally feels like labor until you have Mm. real labor and then it doesn't feel like labor anymore but if we put you on the monitor in prodromal labor sometimes they're showing up like real contractions but the criteria for labor is and they open the cervix so if that doesn't happen you're sent back home and it's so hard poor ladies yeah we were sent yeah. home twice, but it wasn't because we were sent home once, but not because of padromal labor. I was sent home. So my family lives far away and they all came in, you know, it was like, okay, if you're not going to have this baby, we're going to induce you. And I really wanted to not be induced. Mm. Of course, there are, there's a lot of stories around that. Um, people talk, women are like, oh, if I, because I was induced and since I was induced and I was like, okay, well, maybe I really don't want to be induced. Like you're kind of just figuring it out. And I called my parents, Kevin's parents, everybody came to town. They're like a couple hours away. And they, and our doctor said, you could be, you have to go in by Friday um, to get induced because it was 40 weeks. So we pack our bags, we go to the hospital and they said, oh, we actually have you down for Monday. Oh, yes. And I said, what? <laughs> Think you're like ready to bring this baby into this world. You're like, get this baby out of me. Okay, fine. Oh like, God. I'll get induced. I'll like accept it. And then they're like, oh, well, we actually have you scheduled for Monday. And I'm like, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was so rough. I went wow. into labor on Sunday. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. It, 
the nurse called me wow. and she said, oh, you know what? We have room now. And I said, that's good because I'm coming anyway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell yeah, you poor baby. Wow. That was hard. Yeah. It was, wow. but it was also like looking back, it's just a fun story to tell. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Some babies, they take their time in coming. But then that moment when they're born, that's their moment. And mm. they come out like, what, what, what are you all looking at me for? What? Oh, yeah. Like, how, what do you mean? I was late. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're a very so strong true. woman. I have to tell you, you're very strong. You're, I remember your wall scene and, you know, like uh, doing your thing. You want to be upright a lot. And you were happy yeah. in labor. You were like. I was because I was getting the baby out, Sally. It was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was great. <laughs> it was great. I mean, literally those last few days, I walked all over the neighborhood. And I mean, I was active throughout the pregnancy, which we can talk about. But yeah. towards the end, I said, like, okay, like, we're we're doing this. Like, this, I don't want to mm -hmm. go. I was five, four, no, four days late with Hudson, with my second. And those four days were miserable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much pain. I had actual pain and pressure, and I gained more weight with my second pregnancy, just like mm -hmm. Sally said. The baby was bigger, just like Sally said. <laughs> That's amazing because it seems like you had almost like a pro, like you did have a prolonged labor experience, and you still managed to keep it a natural yeah. birth. Yeah. yeah. And that's like even more impressive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Thank you. Yeah, and really. also inspiring. I mean, if somebody else is wondering, like, can I do it? And they hear your story, that's you know, if she can do it, I can do it. Type of you can feel. do it. You can yeah. do it. I will say, um, uh, Sally. So we first labor took twelve hours, like from like when I got to the hospital and when I had the baby, and it was great. It was like during the day we were just. It, you know, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't great, but like, because it was labor, but, but it was like during the day, I didn't lose any sleep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That, so then I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of great because we didn't lose it. Like we were not rested, but we weren't up all night in labor. Hudson mm -hmm. up all night in labor. And Oof. my labor was only yeah. six hours. Yeah, It went so fast. I heard people saying that and I remember Sally checking me when I was in triage and she was like, Oh yeah, you're at, you're at five centimeters. And I said, what? Yeah. I guess we're having this baby. It's still shocking, you know, like, wow. so I will say that the one thing, the one reason I think I was able to progress and not take medication was because I was progressing Yeah. and I knew that it was happening. Like, mm -hmm there's a lot of talk about not wanting to be checked and I get it. It's yeah. painful. Yeah. But like, how do you know you're getting closer if you don't get checked? <laughs> that was my thought. Nice. That was my brain, you yeah. know, but then yeah. I can see that it's stressful too, because if they check you and you're not progressing, I can see yeah. how defeating mm -hmm. that would feel. Right. Mm -hmm. Some, for some women, it's better not to check them. Yeah. And just watch the baby, you know, maybe showing signs that they're lower, like with little decelerations during the contraction. Yeah. Or if she has a feeling like she wants to push, that might be her time to be checked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to get you out of triage too. <laughs> 
Yeah, that too. And I, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I remember because you're like, we only have one room. So either it's that or you're going to give birth in triage. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, I love that you're such a powerful woman training people to be powerful. And, um, you know, the old style women, um, the idea of being a woman is like frail and fragile and like a flower blooming. Like a no. flower. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> we're like trees now, aren't we? We're like strong. I love I don't know what women. kind of flower picks up toddlers like this you know like we do strength training every day i throw these kids Mm. over my shoulder like if you're not strong like how are you doing those darn car seats weigh like 12 pounds and you're carrying them in awkward positions it's all strength yes yeah what do you do look at it too helia what what's your favorite thing to teach people is it weightlifting Mm. or Yes, I, I know. I would say my favorite thing to teach people is is teaching them that they, one, can start anywhere, um, Mm -hmm. no matter where they are. And because I wasn't an athlete, right? Like Bridget, you, you were an athlete, you knew kind of at that young age, like how to, um, there's a threshold of pain that Mm -hmm. you learn as an athlete right? Like how to push yourself. Exactly. And like where you're comfortable, like what your limits are and how far you can push them. And and how far you can push them. Yeah. Or hurt yourself and figure out like, maybe I shouldn't go that far or maybe I should eat better. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know, like, oh, I feel like crap. I shouldn't have had X, Y, and Z before I ran, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 miles. Like I remember this. Of course you're young and you're, you know, um, it's a little different, but Teaching people that they're able to, their level of pain tolerance is really in their heads. And the more you train for it, the more capable you are in harder situations. Yeah, perfect. Perfect scenario for labor. Exactly that. That if you you get to this level of your labor and if you can just hold on just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer endorphins are going to kick in and it's going to start being like amazing it's it's like i actually have a yes and you know the craziest thing about labor was hey friends just before we go on any further with this very interesting podcast i just want to remind you that we have a link in the description down below uh, where you can ask us questions some of the great questions that are coming up in future episodes are things about c-sections inductions negative effects of birth control and even breastfeeding so if you guys have more questions either about sally or different topics about women's health and pregnancy and labor please use that link down below and you can ask us to be answered in a future episode. Yes. And you know, the craziest thing about labor was I would have those crazy contractions. I remember with Hayden, um, they put the peanut between my legs, right? Yeah. She said, you have a little bit more cervix left. I remember this like it was yesterday. She was like, you have a little bit of cervix left. We have to wait give me three more contractions. And this is like at the end when you're like, you're ready to push. And oh, those contractions were so awful. But literally when they ended, you would be hit with, like it, during it, you're like, I'm going to die of pain. Yeah. 
And as soon as they would end, you'd feel like you're on top of the world. Like you would literally mm -hmm. feel high. <laughs> I felt like I would be on drugs. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, it's not that bad. And then it hits you again. You'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> I love that. It's <laughs> so real. So it was so crazy. Amazing. And then yeah. three are over. And then you're pushing the baby out. Pushing felt good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to think of that uterus like an athlete. And those mm -hmm. Braxton Hicks are that athlete inside of you, training and training. And then the big day comes and they're at the Olympics. And yes. the uterus is like, I'm going to give it my best. And I'm That's gonna their give time. You baby. Yes. Yeah. 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 Also, it's fascinating. Like, I'm fascinated by the human body. And then I'm fascinated even more by the... Uh, the female body like yeah. it's mm -hmm. incredible to think that this tiny little organ becomes the size of a balloon holds a, a person inside of it and then knows exactly what to do yeah to get it rid of it it becomes <laughs> it becomes intelligent doesn't it? it and you know our uterus can stop contracting if we're not feeling safe like if somebody's standing mm. at the end of the bed judging you or you know trying to get wow. you to do something other than your birth plan, uh, you can stop your contractions. Just like a little wild animal out in the wild yeah. can stop their contractions if a predator shows up. My wow. sister walked in during labor. My sister's a few years yeah. younger than me. She's 12 years younger than me. Yeah. And she walked in and she just strolls in. This is like our, I don't know. And she just starts talking about like getting paid or something. And I was like, <laughs> and you know, Sally teaches you to make eye contact with your husband to like get people out yes. if you need to get them out. Cause like my contractions were like, they yeah. immediately stopped. Oh, so wow. I was like, I was yeah. like pissed that this person was talking. It was like, yeah. it doesn't matter who it is. I love my sister. Yeah. But I was like, out. <laughs> Wow. But I think that's a Amazing. good thing too to know like when you when you that is the one time I think that I would say women are supposed to be the biggest advocate for themselves. Mm, yes. Exactly what you want, who you want around you, you know, if, if they're slowing you down, get them out. Mm -hmm. If you feel like something is wrong, make them go away, you know? Yeah. Right. There's Thanks, a funny story. Yeah. I agree. That, I love that. My mom always says that when she went into labor, my dad was wearing like some really ugly shirt or something <laughs> yes. that was making you nauseous or something. Yes. Nauseous? Go Every back time. And change. It was like a, a rugby shirt. Every time I looked at it, I was like, oh. <laughs> he had to go change his shirt. I've never heard of that before, but I think it makes perfect sense. I didn't want to tell him that he, every time I looked at him, I wanted to get sick. But I You're didn't. like, I don't want to tell you, but it's definitely your shirt. You're making sure. <laughs> Yeah, I just always remember that. Yeah. So so say like for, for pregnant women, if they are trying to either stay in shape or they want to do more physical exercise, like what type of movements would you recommend? I know so, yoga is a great one. Yes, right? absolutely. A hundred percent. I recommend yeah. doing yoga, yeah. uh, especially with Sally. Are you still doing it? At the yeah. yeah. I That's do. Awesome. I teach it at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. So a hundred percent 
do that because also I love your your talk about labor and and the intervals and all that. I would say if you're starting, if you get pregnant and you're like, oh, I need to start strength training and you've never done strength training before, either get a trainer or mm-hmm. um, or think, think about going really light. Like mm-hmm. it's not a time to get personal records. It's not a time right. to, to push limits. It's a time to stay active and keep the blood flowing. You become kind of a superhuman when you're pregnant. You are you have 50% more blood in your body with, when is it, Sally, by the end of the first trimester? like uh, it, End of second. Really. End of second trimester. Yeah. Like, that is wow. insane. Yeah. And blood helps you heal faster, right? Like, mm-hmm. blood flow helps you heal fast. And mm-hmm. when you are sore, when you're not pregnant, it sometimes when you're sore, like, it takes a few days. But when you're pregnant, it almost felt like I, I could I could do so much more when I was pregnant than I could before because I had all this extra blood flow to help me recover faster. It was incredible. Oh, wow. However, knowing that you're pregnant and knowing the difference between risk and reward is really, really important. Is it worth it to, because you feel good and because you recover fast, to do something that you've never done before? Probably not. Yeah, because there is a bigger picture that you have to keep in mind, right? That baby safety and your pelvic floor safety, like the health of your pelvic floor, whether you have a C-section or a vaginal birth, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Your pelvic floor is has a lot of pressure on it because it's literally growing a baby no matter what for nine months. Not your pelvic you're, floor, your pelvic floor. You're not your pelvic floor, your pelvic floor. <laughs> And also your (laughs) joints, you know, like your joints are, um, they have a lot, you're gaining weight really fast. And even if you gain weight at the right time, you're still a pound heavy. What is it? Like every month it's a pound, um, towards the end, it's really, really a lot faster. And that baby grows fast and on your body. It's like 25 to 35 pounds with the regular pregnancy. Yeah. So if you think about it in terms of like just a human gaining 25 to 35 pounds, depending on where you're at, like that's a lot on your joints. It's a lot on your organs. It's a lot on your body in general. So, so making sure you're aware of all those things and staying active is far more important than like doing the right exercise. If anything, I would say the biggest, most important thing is become familiar with your pelvic floor and all the muscles surrounding your pelvic floor and how it should feel. Um, how to do that is by either going to physical therapy or we have some resources and or talking to Sally. And then also getting a trainer if you're not familiar mm-hmm. or using postpartum training specifically that yeah. women have certifications or are very familiar with and have a lot of experience in training. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I think postpartum Fabulous. is something we should focus on more too. Cause a lot of it, you know, the focus is on the pregnancy oh, and then yes. labor, but then there's the whole recovery period too. Yes. I, I oh, meet yeah. some women with, you know, uh, pelvic floor, uh, we like the, the floor is just a little weaker or softer. Maybe they want their vagina to 
get strong again or or they might have a little dribbling of urine and they just want to do something now they don't want to wait for months and months and so yeah it takes them, time yeah we often send them to pelvic floor physiotherapists here in town mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and hell yeah actually we were thinking of doing a podcast on pelvic floor physio you should and and that would be that is so so important i'm so glad that people are talking more about it because me too it's such a great resource it's so important i mean we've been giving birth for like literally forever and we're just talking about the muscle groups around that area it's kind of crazy i know Mm. um but like women can have hemorrhoids and varicose veins in their vagina Um, oh wow wow, yeah and of course Mm -hmm. they can have little tears Sometimes, unfortunately, they may end up with an episiotomy. And yep. all of that is like area that needs to be strengthened and, and, and help to recover. Yeah. And also it, there's scar tissue. Yes. So like yeah. with my first birth, I had I had a bigger tear than my second. And uh, I had a lot more scar tissue after yeah. Hayden was born. And that scar tissue led to... so. When you have trauma, yes, birth is a beautiful, lovely, wonderful thing, but it is still considered trauma, right? Trauma on the mother's body. And trauma can range. It, it can be someone that has not had any tears and their recovery is far faster. My second recovery was a lot better and faster than my first. But also, even if you have a full, wonderful recovery, you might have scar tissue, even from a C-section. And that scar tissue affects the pelvic area as well as the surrounding areas, which includes your mid-back, your low back, um, your adductors, inner thighs, outer thighs, I mean, your legs, basically your knees, everything is affected and it's the center of your body. So it's it's a ripple effect up and down. And that's why it's so important. Like we talk, now we talk more about issues when it comes to like leaking pee during exercise or sneezing and what whatnot we also need to talk about painful sex we also need to talk Mm. about back pain we also need to talk about um urgency or constipation all of these things could be related to scar tissue or just your pelvic floor not necessarily healing properly or just being weaker yeah it's it's complicated but it also makes a lot of sense when you think about it yes Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And uh, of course, during your strength training, you're not just strengthening their arms and legs, but you're talking about the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. Most specifically the breath. And you know, Sally talks about the breath all the time in class. But yeah, and uh, specifically in Sally's yoga classes, the very end, I remember the first time I went through this, it was like, I I was like, did she just say what I think she just said? (laughs) Because you said, can you go through? Because it's so good. She's like, I want you to contract your vagina. I want you to contract your anus. I want you to contract your clitoris. And I'm like, whoa. Did she say clitoris? Did she just say all those things? And I was like, I guess this is it. You know, like we're just, we're, we're, and then you know what? When you have, when you give birth and you're like on the table, like spread eagle and like everyone's seen everything and, all the stuff has happened. You're like, it all makes sense. Yes. Talk about all of it. Let's talk about everything. Yeah. yeah. But, and yeah. You, but you also know, some people are the opposite. Why I 
why I, during prenatal yoga, I talk about those three areas. They're the three areas that get stressed the most as the baby's being born. Absolutely. Um, and if she can be conscious in her pelvic floor, she can slow down the birth of the head and tear less. You know, That's why I tore less the second time, because yeah. you were doing that to me and you were like, no, no, don't push. Let the, oh my God, it was so rough. But it was also like, okay. Okay, I can do this. It was yes. it was magical. It was yes. incredible. Yes. And our bodies are amazing, right? They're so strong. Um, so just to, to be able to slow it down at the end is, I think, one of the most important things we need to learn. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that's new too, right? Is um, because until now, uh, the movies do a terrible yeah. job of explaining yes. what labor is. Oh. A horrible job. Oh. Um the one birth I will say that was like fairly close, like that was like, okay, I could see. Yeah. Like was, um, handmaid's tale. Did you ever see oh, that? Oh, yeah. so good. Yes, that was birth. a good birth. <gasps> yes. I love that. That was a birth. good birth. And yeah. I was like, okay. All right. But also she was alone. Holy crap. Like how scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Don't bring up Handmaid's Tale in these episodes. It's a, oh. it's a theme, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> multiple reasons for, but yeah, we don't want yeah. you girls out there who might be listening to this to birth on your own in a house in the woods. <laughs> Please yeah, don't do, do that. that. I mean, if you have the option to not do that, probably best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I will say that, like. um my husband was really against a home birth for us, uh, mostly because he's afraid of um, uh, afraid of something going wrong, but but also because he's afraid of like me bleeding. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I will sell this house. I don't know what I would do. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> well, yeah, that, so. that's true. It's in the hospital, we clean it up for yeah. you. So that's a plus yeah. there. Yeah. But I think the most important thing is that like when – you, you made the decision for the hospital birth, but you didn't, you know, go in without a plan of doing the birth how you want it, at least to some degree. And yeah. that's super important. Yeah. I will say the my first birth, um, I wasn't aware. So something did happen that I would go back and change. And I think that, you know how I said I was going to be induced? When I got to the hospital, I was already in labor, but I think the hospital had it in their minds that like they were going to induce me. So when I got there, they were very much like, well, we're going, we're, I, I was very clear that I was, I was in labor, but also I didn't understand because Pitocin seemed to be like a, they, they the way they talked about it, they were like, well, Pitocin is what we do. Like, and I don't remember talking about it with Sally. And at the time I was like, okay, I guess that I know that they give it to you afterwards to move the placenta. Right. Yeah. To, yeah. or, and to contract the uterus to go make it go back to its location and yeah. to get smaller. Yeah. But also um, I wasn't aware that I even got it until after birth, I found out that I had been given Pitocin. So Maybe I'm a liar. Maybe I didn't have a natural birth the first time. Yeah. But I will tell you that my second birth without Pitocin was far more manageable when it came yeah. to my contractions. They weren't as bad. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And how is that possible? Maybe I just don't remember. I don't know. Maybe Sally can shed some light on that. Well, um, I wonder, I, I, I don't know why you got the Pitocin in I the first either. one, because all of that should have been discussed with you. You know, we bring you the new intervention, which was Pitocin, yep. and you should be allowed to go through what are the benefits, what are the risks, are there any alternatives, what does your intuition say, and you could say, yep. no, not now. So we call that the brain um um, you're it's just a little way of remembering acronym, your, yeah. yeah how to uh, cope with new interventions as they come to you when you're in the hospital yeah so I don't know what happened there you know and it, I mean it could have been just us not listening but, well but because if we were in the middle yeah. flavor you know if like you were it coming in and they were confused they thought you were coming for an induction but in actual fact you were in labor I, I know you're a really strong woman and I remember watching you in labor and you didn't look like you were in labor for most of it because you were focused. That's fair. I didn't look like I was in labor. Yeah. My husband and, told me I was really nice and I said, yeah. well, you know, you probably shouldn't have listened <laughs> to my inner thoughts. So. <laughs> that was probably it, Talia. You, you, you didn't look like you were in labor. You probably. Know? Even the second time when I came mm-hmm. to see you in triage, um, you were just like smiling and lying there and like, get know. the baby out. And you we're were good. five centimeters. <laughs> Would the Pitocin though make her contractions that first time around harder to manage though? Or would it, because they're, maybe they're more intense because of well, the Pitocin or? You know, that's honestly, it's a thing I always say, I don't know. Because when we give you Pitocin, we're trying to copy a natural labor pattern. Yeah. Um, and they don't go further than that. They want good, strong contractions, maybe two to three minutes apart, lasting a minute that open the cervix. And that's like a natural labor pattern. So I don't know, maybe. And if- it was fine. Like, it, uh, I, I can't say that I would change anything about my experience. I would change yeah. that, but I can't say yeah. that. Right. I can't say like it was the hospital's fault. Like it was, it was yeah. one of those situations where looking back, it's like, hmm, that was kind of odd, but it didn't really slow yeah. me down as far as like yeah. what I wanted to do. Yeah, so it was good. fine. I will say, um, I will say that women are from what I've, what I've heard when I hear like a horror story, yeah, which people tell you all oh, the horror stories when you're about to give birth, please don't do that. I will. I asked everyone what their labor story was so i brought it on myself but more often than not i heard oh yeah i had a horrible experience Mm. i had a really bad experience i really wish the hospital did everything but my nurses were incredible like my nurses worked so hard my doctor was so casual and i think that's what helped me stay calm um because they didn't come in there and say like, oh, we need to move things along. With my second birth, there was a moment where some of the nurses got a little bit nervous because they thought the, the heart rate was dropping and whatnot. And I can see, I can totally see how a calm situation can suddenly get so escalated and so panicked. Yeah. And yeah. I can see how labor can be halted because like you said earlier, when we are in fear, when we're scared, 
we close up, we stop, we stop labor. So it's so important for the mother to be in the right mindset, I think, Mm -hmm. and to feel comfortable. And that's why Sally never makes recommendations about where you should have birth, you know, like where you should give birth. She's always like, you do what you got to do. You do what's best for you, you know, to be fit, to feel the most comfortable. Well, those stress hormones, if you're stressed, if you have too many of them, they're going to block your ability to produce the hormones that can help, like your endorphins and your own oxytocin. So it's a balance of hormones. And and really, the, the woman, we need to help her and teach her. And Helia, you're a great advocate for women out there in the community. You know, tell them you can do this natural birth. Tell them how strong they really are. Well, you're already doing it, but keep doing yeah. the work you're doing. I, I really love it. I, I hear about you all the time. Oh, know, that's and, great. Yeah. And, Thank and, you. Uh, uh, how do we uh, get women to your studio and how do we get them to this pelvic floor workshop? Um. Well, I have this wonderful trainer. Her name is Elise, Elise Sparks. And she is doing the pelvic floor workshop. We will definitely have another one. Yeah. We made a mistake. We didn't bring you flyers from the beginning. Next yeah. time we next will. Next time. Next time. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you can find me at the studioventura.com. That's like the studio's website. And then you can find myself on social media. You can read all of my birth stories on social media. I was very much like, let's share our birth stories. No matter what happened, like, I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, can we attach your birth story to this? Of course. Yeah. Yes. If you send me, I, I'm definitely going to put the studio Ventura down below and we'll attach yeah. your birth story too. If you want to share those. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, so my Instagram is Helia Glenn. And then I, and I actually have a lot of post. I have a lot of pregnant workouts on there currently. I, and I hope to bring out a pregnancy strength training uh, program in the next few months. Great. But I did a program. I also specialize. I will. And I also like, I, I train a lot of pregnant women, uh, during pregnancy and postpartum. So I really love working with pregnant women. It's, it's like my favorite demographic actually. So that's where you can find me, um, at the studio Ventura and, um, at Helia Glenn. Strength, Thank you so intensity, much. flexibility, all the things you need for a, mm-hmm. a, a nice birth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for such a raw, you know, story of your, your different birth experiences yeah. and, you know, putting that out into the world, you know, the positives and the negatives and different ways that you can help, you know, build a better mindset and have yes. a better birth experience. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So nice to see you, Helia. Yeah, you too. Thanks a million for your... Thanks a million. (laughs) Thanks a million.